Welcome to the Nerdoplexy Comic Movie Review Show. In this series, we normally break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man. But the spooky season is upon us. And this year it is October, which means we are taking a look at your favorite horror movie franchises and watching the eighth part of that. Joining me on this uh, spooky fucking journey is my longtime friend and frequent co-conspirator, it's Sam. I confess that this is messed up. And also helping us haunt the airwaves, it's Dave. I'm sure you're all wondering why you're here. So sit back, relax, and grab your mini tape player as we dive into Jigsaw. I was thinking about doing this like a really long one. Like a whole spiel that he does every tape. <laughs> Hello, Mitch. <laughs> you had a quotes page, probably deep on this. You decided to sell a boy a motorcycle. All right. So this one is part of the Saw franchise. This particular movie was released October 27th, 2017, directed by Michael and Peter Spearing, starring Matt Passmore, Tobin Bell, Hannah Emily Anderson, and Calum Keith. Rennie. Okay, so what's everybody's experience with the saws, as it were, with old Jigsaw himself, John Carter? What's his fucking name? John Kramer. Kramer. You'd think I'd remember they said it 400 fucking times. Correct me if I'm wrong, Reed. I have a terrible memory for things. I've been to a billion movies, but I'm fairly certain we want to see the first saw in theaters together. Hmm. Ringing a bell at all? A Tobin bell? Well, a Tobin Bell. Yes, actually, now that you say this, because I remember vividly being in the theater when Danny Glover's partner gets his head blown off with the shotguns, I remember standing up and shouting in the theater. That was like my first foray into the, what you'd call like a torture porn style movie, which I believe was at least still novel whenever we saw Saw. Did you see Saw? Of course I see Saw. Moses and I see Saw all the time. No, uh, the movie. Did you see the movie Saw? Oh, yeah. Great film. Almost as fun as going on a seesaw. This was kind of the first mainstream entry into that that kind of thing. I must admit, I stopped watching these after, like, number five. But I got to five, and I remember thinking, like, ah, you know, I get it. I just didn't really have that same interest. Uh, but I will say, I do still like the vibe of them a great deal. As soon as this one started, I was like, yeah, I I dig this. It's like watching a really long industrial heavy metal music video. I saw this in theaters with my then-girlfriend, now-wife. Aw, was this the secret to your longevity? It is. Watching the first one and never watching anymore. As far as horror movies go, I was very hard to scare. And I wouldn't say I was scared of Saw, but I remember feeling, like, grossed out more than I was in any horror movie or slasher experience I'd had. I mean, people stab people through the eye all the time, but having to saw your own leg off. This was one of my first forays into a more psychological style of horror where it's not solely the fact that the kills are scary or the killer itself is scary. The thing that's scary is thinking about what you would do. It's so slasher movies as a rule at least have 50% supernatural aspect to them. And at least the first Saw movie, even if fantastical, everything was a feat of engineering and took one psychopath's like really hard work. If not realistic, it felt like someone could do it. And I think maybe you just hit on the longevity of not only this franchise Saw, but also The Purge, the element of that fantasy where it makes it still something like, oh, well, this isn't my world. 
as opposed to something like The Strangers, which is keenly human on human. Saw, the traps are so elaborate. The setup time is so ridiculous that it couldn't possibly happen. That and like Squid Game as well. It's so outlandish. Yeah, it would take a decade of preparing. Well, at least Squid Game, they had the billions and billions of dollars behind it to make it possible. Even in their world, it took a bunch of investors to make it. But this one, it's just one or two people that are extremely talented engineers. And in Squid Game, you had to have the appetite to kill the poor, which I don't think you have here in America (laughs) in such an elaborate way. (laughs) At least not with so much work involved. (laughs) A promise of money for... They've already developed a system to do it pretty efficiently. You don't need to build a better mousetrap. Capitalism's got a cover, baby. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Prior to seeing Jigsaw number eight, I have seen the first and second. And while the first movie, to me, all the things seem a little bit more, I don't know, feasible. In this one, this is like a full amusement park of torture. And there were some elements. As soon as this movie started, I was worried because I don't really like these kinds of movies because they are extremely effective and I'm very empathetic. When I see someone jump into a swimming pool full of needles like that. Oh, you feel it viscerally affects my nerve endings yeah the first saw i thought was great if they never made another saw i would have said absolutely why would you ever do this again well i don't know if you realize but in several of the sequels uh there was the presence of one donnie Wahlberg, and if that isn't enough to sign your own check i really don't know what is right there is that element to it so i mean i understand why because yeah you could make one of these a year and they did for quite a number of years they made long series of way worse properties (laughs) oh yeah but the allure for me of watching people be hurt in more and more interesting ways kind of loses a little luster after a couple of these i've never watched a hostel i've never seen that i've never seen like green inferno or whatever right human centipede yeah no thank you that to me is more of a sharknado thing yeah it's a meme Someone just made that because they're like, oh, my God, they're going to let us make this. Yeah, I don't uh, really normally go for that kind of stuff. So I was very trepidatious starting this one up. I always find if I'm feeling anxious, a horror movie is just the thing to set me right. If I'm got a lot of pent up energy, if I'm feeling very like freaked out, I'll just watch something to scare me. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, it's the haunted house. You know, let's go watch some people get uh, horribly murdered. Uh, It's very cathartic. Another thing about the Saw series is that they always employ that, I don't know if trope or justifiable, people are getting what they deserve. They did the sin. And they did the bad thing, and then they flesh it out, and you're feeling bad for them, but then they show what they did, and then you think, you know what? Yeah, this guy sucks. Like, I don't mind watching him get sliced into teeny tiny bits. It doesn't take away the empathy of the feeling just because they are such visceral traps, but it does take away something of the remorse for having seen someone die so horribly it takes the sympathy away you got to have a kick the cat moment exactly as opposed to a save the cat you've got to show so that yeah so you don't feel so bad there's no amount of gruesome comeuppance that a viewer can't handle after i see they were part of killing a child or something you know like come on yeah and it's not even just like the one thing that you know people have like those mental breaks or whatever but it's like everyone takes it a step further they could have done the right thing There's always an element where this was bad and now something else. And yeah, to your point, I don't know that we need to get too down into the nitty gritty of the plot of this. We're going to walk through it, but there's not too much here. So I feel like this is a good episode to ramble a bit, I think. What I want to say, 
since I'd seen two, and I believe five does the same thing, they do time jumps. So as soon as I start watching any of these, it's like twice bitten, thrice shy. I'm like, this isn't taking place in real time. But they do some pretty tricky tricks. This came out five years ago, so I'm not really too worried about spoilers. I didn't know about the time jump being a thing they did before. So that caught me. It tricked me. Yeah, they've done it several times. Usually it's like you don't find out until the very last second, which they did again this time. But the very last second where it's the detective. He's about to save the day and he like opens the door and there's nothing there. For being the eighth Saw movie, and I think this is kind of an attempt to revitalize the franchise a little bit. It has that feel about it, especially with the name change and things like that. I think this is just a kind of a well-crafted movie. The character arcs, they do a really good job right at the very top of setting up Anna and making her sympathetic. And then over time, like as the movie goes on, you're like, ah, yeah, wait a minute. She does suck, though. They peel the veneer back real nice and slow. She gives off that last girl vibe, you know, that you get in a horror movie. And she's the level head. She's like the one figuring it out. Yeah. And she's trying to do everything to help other people that are also stuck in these traps, even at the very start. So just to start us down that path. It's a police chase and a little dark night sitch. I literally thought that this police chase was a movie being shot in the movie. It felt so out of place. <laughs> I- <laughs> You're absolutely right. I thought for sure it was going to cut to directors going, that was too unreal. And then it just kept going. They run two movies simultaneously in every Saw movie. There's always the detective side, the the what's happening in the real world side, and then what's happening in the game. Two concurrent storylines. Yeah, but I thought this was like a scream moment, like a third story. It did seem like that. You know, they did the whole nine. There's spike strips, car chase, car crash, guy hops out. And he has to say, like, put down that remote. I can't. What's that for? Game's just getting started. What game? His game. His rules. I got to choose who dies. Damn it, me. Edgar. I don't want to shoot you, but I will. Drop the remote. So you see what's a really sick scene. A bunch of cops and Halloran, this bad cop character, tells people just aim for the device that the guy has thinking you know i don't know what that device is looks like a detonator yeah and they all shoot the device and they blast this dude's hand off and it is super gnarly it was pretty fly it also it looked like a talk boy to me (laughs) it's very good you know it kind of looked like it was really making me think of an rc controller that looks like a pistol with a knob at the top yeah with a knob none of these people are returning characters right none of these have been in saws before just tobin bell Yeah, okay, every time someone walked onto the movie, it really felt like the crowd was supposed to be like, (gasps) like all of the other ones do that because Westley is in the first one. The doctor cuts his leg off. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles. You find out in later movies that he kind of sticks around under the tutelage of John Kramer and assists him in his... Oh, he does too? Because I know that the one girl from like the second movie does the same thing. The first movie, still. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She was from the first movie and the one, the reverse bear trap. Think of it like a reverse bear trap. And she's in the second one again now. In the second one, isn't she kind of like in the game? She's like one of the people playing. I'm pretty sure she is at least in the game and you're led to believe that she's really in the game. But by the end, she's not really in the game. She was a part of the game, something like that. That's kind of what I thought. 
Because, like, the only one bad thing that happens to her is someone pushes her into, like, a pit of syringes or something. Right. And here's the the wild thing in these movies is they kill off John Kramer somewhere in, like, three or four, but he keeps seeming to come back. And you always find out that it's not in a supernatural way, which I think is always, like, you're always like, holy crap, is he, is, is it, are they turning this into a Jason-esque movie? Like, this dude can just keep coming back? And then it's always, no. It's either time jumps that they don't tell you about, which is the case in this movie or people that are copycats just continuing the work without him. In the very first movie, my man has got (laughs) terminal going to die tomorrow cancer. And that's the first one. And then there's now there's eight of them. And to my knowledge, he's been in every single one of these bad boys. I don't want to live in a world where he's not in it, though. His face is just so striking. Incredible voice. The little jigsaw puppet is kind of designed to look like him. But even still, if it would have just been, I don't know, his face is so much more freaky than even the Jigsaw puppet. I love it. I like the design. I like Tobin Bell. I like his look and demeanor. I have a Jigsaw mask. I bought one for Halloween so many years ago. Like, hand out candy with it on. (laughs) Miranda was the Saw dummy for Halloween a couple years back. The same year I was thematically appropriate, Forrest Gump. (laughs) So just, you know, picture, if you will, Forrest Gump and the Saw dummy. (laughs) <laughs> okay makes sense pretty good what would the saw porn Fanatic? parody be i have some ideas you have to work from jigsaw though i would say you have to work from jigsaw are we not you're just saying saw the franchise in general i mean you could do both well for jigsaw it's jagsaw jagsaw what's that mean like a like a jagger yeah, but... i don't know it's for Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh based. based. <laughs> no, I, well, I was thinking if you're, it, you can either, if you take saw at face value, like where they obviously mean the tool, saw a saw uh, could be hoe. That's a tool. Well, saw's not really a farm tool. It could be also just saw, like past tense of C. So then you could do felt. It's a rich vein. I bet you there already is one though. So let me just look up. <laughs> let me just Google that real quick. What about maw? That's pretty bad. <laughs> Ma is pretty good. <laughs> it's just saw a hardcore parody. It's called it. Really get very creative with that one. Do they get creative with the names anymore? I'm guessing in the saw parody, you have to do like sex antics to get free or something. Is that what it is? Yeah, this is bone saw. Yeah, that exists, and that's good. <laughs> that's that's real good. Worried about my search history now. Have to go ahead and clothes and blast my cash (laughs) yeah sorry nsa (laughs) okay so he's pushed the button they blew his handle up some dumb dumb shot this guy in the guts which one of you assholes shot him in the chest the game has started he's pushed the button because apparently he was gonna die if he didn't do the thing it was either them or him and he pushes the button he activates the game and we see a whole brigade's worth of bucket heads chained around the neck and being slowly dragged after giving some clues toward some saw blades. So, all right, let's talk about this scene a little bit. Let's get into these fucking circular saws, please. They're going extremely fast. So the thing is, they need to draw any amount of blood at all, and then they will be set free. That's what the voice says. They get woken up. They just need to draw any blood. Now, they're being pulled by the neck chain towards this wall of circular saws. They all decide that they have to cut themselves to be free. Now, do you think, this was my first thought, it's a concrete ground. If you just grave the ground a couple of good hard cracks, your knuckle skin would break right open. Most definitely. Yeah, they weren't thinking. Do you think he would go for that? Any amount of blood. The absolute last thing I would do is 
volunteer my arm to a spinning circular saw. Like, hey, bro, stomp on my fingers until one of my fingers bleeds. Anything other than this. Now, they have buckets on their head because I was thinking, just bite the shit out of your thumb. There you go. You're done. Yeah. But I guess it would be hard to get in there. So our main girl, Anna, she figures it out and she cuts herself on the saw blade and is released. It seems like every time somebody gets cut, they get cut a fucking lot and they don't seem affected at all. One guy does figure it out and uses his pinky finger. Brian, the dad character. Yes, we've got Anna, who's your final girl type. Mitch, who's a younger guy. Ryan, who's a dad guy. And we've got Carly, who is rave chic, I would say. These folks all manage to survive, mostly with arm cuts. Carly takes the blades, like three blades to her back and then still fine. I don't know. I feel like these people would be severely injured from this, like big time. To be fair, when she got to the next room, she was kind of like in the worst shape out of anyone. And also worth mentioning, there was another human in the room who seemingly didn't wake up in time, basically, to figure out what was going on. And last thing you see is him going towards the blades, and then they sort of cut away. One guy does not make it and gets a good slice in. I do feel like a dummy. They don't, like, hide any deaths. I should have definitely guessed the end of this when they didn't show him get all skewered. But they play with what you already assume, which is that one person isn't going to make it out of this room, or else why have it? You're not even thinking about it. Again, they show you later... A head basically chopped directly in half. So you're like, oh, that must be that guy. That's why they didn't show it, you know? Yes. From the very beginning there, I when I saw them, they took the bucket off his head and his whole fucking, like, head was gone. I'm like, how the, how did, how did, he was wearing a bucket on his head. How could this be? Yes. Because it all oh, was done by a circular saw. Like, okay, cool, but, huh? There are things that can give you pause, but they're assuming correctly that most people aren't even thinking about it. They're just like, yeah, I mean, they don't show you what happened. So I guess maybe the bucket fell off his head and doesn't really matter much to you, the viewer. So now we're in the next room. Everybody else makes it through. They're fucked up, but they're healing. It turns out the trigger man, ha 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 ha, Captain No Hands, he is alive, but he is in a medically induced coma. As you said, there's a body discovered later hanging from a bridge in a pretty cool scene. I really like that first body discovery scene. Well, then we get to meet our detective characters and our friendly coroners. Yeah, and they said that the guy looks a little pale because he has a bucket on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's how I knew we, we were, and Reed always says this, but I knew we were in good hands. Now, unfortunately, they didn't do a lot more in the way of puns for the rest of the movie. I sort of thought we were in for a David Caruso, like. I thought that Eleanor character was going to do that because she was like kind of lining up to be that. And for the most part, this movie is humorless. And I want a joke or two. There was a couple of like moments that I laughed, but like, I don't think that was on purpose. Could have used a little lefty. Tobin. Let me know. I got some notes. They're digging into this half-scald man. They find in him a USB stick. And this could be I'm, this, I'm my own nitpick. They get this jump drive. And working in a cybersecurity adjacent role, whenever someone says, <laughs> the answer is always no. No, I'm not going to stick that into our computer. Uh-huh. I just pulled this out of a man's neck. Yeah, you out want of me the to spine. put it out of his. <laughs> you want me to put it in our computer with where all of our files are? 
I don't think so, bro. It's her laptop. Go buy a burner laptop at Best Buy and we'll stick it in that. Go to Best Buy and use a <laughs> display one. <laughs> well, here's the thing. The whole case is ruined then. Chain of custody. They fucked it all up. That's it. That's not evidence anymore. Get it out of here. Stricken from the record. And this is something that comes up. Halloran is not a very good policeman. He's a bad, 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 bad cop. Come on. Bad, 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 bad cop. You make me feel so good. <laughs> So we're at the corners. They, we've got this USB drive, and they're pretty convinced that they've got a jigsaw copycat because John Kramer is dead. So they're doing a whole bunch of setup to say that there's no possible way that it could be John Kramer, except um, all of the evidence points to the fact that it is John Kramer. Which I love. Tobin Bell crushing in this role again. He's so good. For anything bad you could say about it, he is not one of those things. He, he is solid. Even in the worst Saw movie, at best, he is just out of place with how good he is. He is so good at looking slightly off camera while he tinkers with the tools saying, and saying something in a bland voice that is extremely menacing. He's a trickster. He's always saying what he means and meaning what he says. And people have a hard time figuring out what exactly that is. That's another thing that just lends to the fantasy of it all. Like, Because I guess there are jokes, and the jokes are the traps that he makes that he is basically seemed to specifically designed for people to fail in these very particular ways. My absolute favorite joke is in the third room. The second room, the chains are still attached to their necks and they're going to hang them dead if they don't find the right syringe that has a cure in it or something. One of it is a cure, one is acid, and one is just saline. But the person who has the poison will still die without the exact antidote. So the saline won't save them. The acid will obviously not save them. And then the cure is the only thing to keep them alive. We get the backstory for Carly. She mugged a woman, took her purse, and in that person's purse was an inhaler. Again, there we go. There's our hell world through line. An inhaler that the woman desperately needed and $3.87 or something like that. Three fifty three. The point is, what is a life worth to you? So the woman she mugs dies. She didn't take the inhaler to the woman to save her life. You're shown this sort of a long take of her watching the lady die and then basically waiting until she's dead until it's too late to leave. So you lose some sympathy for that character, but not a whole lot. I mean, she's in a bad way and it's kind of... I think it was how long she watched. Yeah, or that she had the opportunity to get that back to her and she chose not to. She had plenty of time to get that over to where it needed to be but she was too set in her criminal ways at the time. And here's the thing in these movies that does trip me up, though. There is a supernatural aspect, because how does John Kramer know all these people that do these bad things? Just by being a man in the world, he happens to hear about funerals of people who were mugged and then do the detective work to figure out what exactly happened on the day. Does he have access to some security cameras? The person was never charged for it, they all seem like local kills. The news would have covered somebody who died of an asthma attack because they were mugged. Yeah, but then how do you find out that it was her? Unless he's like the unluckiest harbinger of death. Everywhere that John Kramer walks, somebody is doing something horribly evil. And it is him taking note of the world around him in a lot of these instances, even a couple other times on this thing. And it just so happens that these people fall into the locus of John Kramer just by the worst luck ever. He must receive visions, although some he's pretty closely related to a lot of these people. One of the victims he's avenging is his nephew. 
The other was his neighbor. There's some connective tissue there. The fact that he would know that it was $3.53 is pretty weird to me, unless she was arrested immediately thereafter, but not charged. So she is indecisive about the three choices of hypodermic needle, even though she sees the amount of money and it seems like she knows the answer. She doesn't want hypodermic needled. And that guy's like jabbing at her with all of them. I'll say she's not making a choice. And as they're hanging there, he finally stabs all three. He waits to the last possible moment. He gives her a a, a chance. He is totally justified. He was trying. He is swinging like crazy. Totally justified. He would have died in another 10 seconds if he didn't do that. They all would have died. As they are being lifted into the air by his necks, he's like, take one, take one. And she says, no. Then they all start dying. So yeah, I think I'm cool with Ryan. I understand you're in a bad way, but she wouldn't even hold them in her hands. You know what I'm saying? This is the same way I am in escape rooms. People stop inviting you to escape rooms if you stab hypodermic needles in them whenever they refuse to (laughs) make decisions. Yeah, yeah. I never watched the escape room movies, but are they like Saw movies? Bro, escape room? I've only ever seen the first one, and it is good. It is a much better version of this. It's like a very similar thing. Carly turns up at a hospital, and her body is also discovered. My body burned with acid is discovered at the hospital. That's the one that tripped me up the most, that I was like, how? But we'll get there. Yeah. So the crime lab crew, we've got Halloran, the detective, Logan, the coroner, Logan's assistant, Eleanor, and then we've got Detective Hunt, who is Logan's old army buddy. So this is the crew we're rolling with, and the energy is wild. It's like NCIS Cinemax. That's the energy. Also, his name is Keith Hunt. Keith Hunt, yes. It would be really hard to go through your life whenever people are abbreviating your first name. Basically, every person that is involved with this case, even remotely, could be the murderer. Everybody is a suspect all the time. The gang gets into the next room after Carly gets melted. The coroner finds the puzzle piece on Carly's tongue, which makes everybody think John Kramer's back. The other guy had a puzzle piece gone as well, but this melted lady also has a puzzle piece. There's a million clues. They hit up the next room. This escape room is uh, farm-themed. So you get in the next room. There's a silo. There's various pointy equipment and tools strewn about. There's hay everywhere. And there is a big door that says, no exit. And our boy Ryan goes straight up to it and says, fuck it, I'm getting out of here. And whoops it up. See, Of course they would say no exit on the door. That would be the easiest exit. The funniest bit, he smacks that door And it opens up kind of like a trapdoor scenario where his foot goes into this hole and these wires wrap around his leg. And you get the idea, like, this dude's definitely going to lose his leg. There ain't no way out of this. So much ado about getting a hold of the tape recorder, which is in that hole, and the guys don't want to reach for it, which of course you don't, because I thought for sure that Mitch's arm was going to get stuck in there. An arm and a leg were going to go. Or then once Ryan reached in, his arm would be stuck in there. Yeah, and it's it's actually amazing that it wasn't. But then they were playing with your suspense. But they play the recording, and it's so funny. It's Tobin Bell saying, like, there's no easy ways out. Please forgive the rather crude example I will make of your decision to not follow the rules. So you get the feeling like, yeah, there's no way out of this one. He has to pull this lever, and the lever's going to cut his foot off, which absolutely it does. But not before. A hell world adjacent, it gets trifurcated. That was the coolest effect in the whole movie, his leg, when the wires shut on them. What, Dave? You didn't think it was cool when 
CGI nails landed in Anna's arm like magic bullets. No, I uh, I did not feel any kind of way about that one. <laughs> so, yeah, he's about to lose his foot. They cut away to the coroner's crew, and Eleanor has a discovery. She thinks that she can pin down where the place is because on the woman's body with the acid and, like, half a face, but on her they found this trace of, like, pig herpes. It was some kind of pig virus. So it's pig herpes that, like, ruins every pig you have basically on a farm. Like, they'll shut farms down if you have the pig herpes. Then we're cut back to the farmhouse. Mitch and Annie have decided, like, all right, Ryan's host. He's stuck in this hole. Let's go to the next room, continue down the path. The trap in this room is that the silo that they're in, the door closes and it starts filling up with rice or something. I think it's corn. Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever. So it's filling up with corn. While it's filling up. No, while while it's filling up, there's two TVs and Ryan can see them trapped inside as the room is filling up and stuff starts coming in and Ryan yells to them in the silo and says, what is that? And Mitch says, and I believe Mitch says, it's grain. It's grains. It's grains. That's right. It's just grains. I'm almost positive he says it's grains. Yeah. So that's so good. Here's another issue. So I'll dave down a little, but they knew for a fact that Ryan was going to try to go out this this non-exit door because the whole next room hinges on the fact that somebody is stuck in that trap. Mm-hmm. You got you got to pull that lever hypothetically, if you have five people and none of them say, like, I'm not going to go out that door that says do not exit. Okay, then the next room is nullified entirely. A lot of groundwork went into that. John Kramer is like, come on, hit the door. Here's the thing, because I agree with you, because it is not until they get the tape that the silo even opens. And these knuckleheads have been trapped in rooms three times now and never once think to prop open the fucking door. Right, and the other thing the thing plays and it says, you know, if Ryan cuts his leg off, they'll be free. What if he already had done? Would the door not have opened? They would have circumvented that door entirely? Or the door would have closed before they went in it? I guess because once it is finally complete, it lets them out into the same room and another door opens. They don't go out that door yet. In this fiction where these people know that what John Kramer is all about, or is this maybe the first game? I can't tell if this takes place before. It seems like a proto game, yeah. A proto game, so maybe they just and then later on, whenever you see Tobin Bell, and this is why we should think this is the biggest dead giveaway for the time jump. Tobin Bell like pulls back his robe, and you're like, oh, crap, he's still alive. And none of them say, can't be you. You're supposed to be dead. None of them say that because they don't know this guy from Adam. Oh, yeah. Anna does. She knows him immediately. She's like, John, what the fuck? As her neighbor. But not as the fucking jigsaw killer. I guess I'm glad I hadn't seen any of the other six before this one. So I saw the first one. I never would have noticed that. Right. So anyway, so the room's filling up with grains. <laughs> yes. The grains, the grains all over. But not to a point where they couldn't probably jiggle their way up to the top of the grains. I feel like grains aren't equal to quicksand. But what do I know? I think you're wrong about that. No, actually, you, you, it's the exact opposite. It's, they're much worse. Okay, that makes sense because I had read that silos now go horizontally as opposed to vertically because so many people die in them. So actually that tracks. Yes, a lot of people die in silos. Yeah, so they're jammed up in these grains and the funniest, or everything's the funniest <laughs> oh, yeah, right this now. Is, it only fills them up, it fills them up to like 
cartoon villain, neck buried in the sand, Shanghai noon level of head buried in grains. And then the next stage of the trap begins. Of course. And it, this wouldn't even be funny. It would be scary if sharp tolls were falling, right? If it was just like sharp tolls are falling, like that sucks because some one of these things could stab you. The precision with which every sharp tool falls and lands as if it was thrown by a ninja into the <laughs> grains is incredible. Every single thing lands like blade side down. Shunk, shunk. There's propulsion behind it, not just gravity. When the pitchfork came in, the very first thing to land is a pitchfork. And I thought, do they have to dig their way out? What are we doing? Then Mitch does take a knife in the shoulder blades there. So he used to be an adventurer and then he took a knife in the shoulder blades. Yes. <laughs> Anna gets three very big nails in her arm and they arc like you fucking wanted. They fucking swoop around this corner <laughs> and zap this lady. Imagine living in a world where if you dropped a nail, it would drive itself into whatever it landed on. It would be so much easier to be a carpenter. I mean, deep. It really got her good. And, <laughs> hey, hey, and she got nailed by those nails. Yes, she did get nailed. All of the screaming does compel Ryan to pull the lever and make his leg into hot dog pieces. Which isn't the last hot dog piece trick of the movie. No, it's not. It is certainly not. Not even close. Well, actually, by half. By, but pretty much by half, yeah. By half it is. Okay, so I can't wait to get to the end of this movie. We've got to keep moving here. In the wildest twist of this whole thing, a person who works for the government, this Eleanor character, has a studio. She's, she's a suspect in the crime because her alibi, they cannot verify where she was on the night of the crimes. And she takes Logan to show him why... She can't be honest with the police. She's a suspect in the new Jigsaw killings. And my man is so confident in their relationship that he follows her to an abandoned warehouse and into her fucking Jigsaw murder sex dungeon. It is ridiculous. Given the benefit of hindsight, of course, he'd have nothing to be afraid of. I see. So he's probably like, yo, Eleanor, I didn't know about this. We got a connection. Do you think he was trying to take her there at the end to be like, hey, um, let's work together. Let's do some murder. But it seemed like everything he did whenever he takes her to the farmhouse at the end. And he even says like it was like just to build his alibi because the last thing she knows, he was fighting with Halloran, who she thought at that time was doing the jigsaw stuff. Okay, that's more instead of just being a bad cop. Not a lot of loose ends in this one. Pretty economic storytelling. And they do a lot of bit tipping in the movie but you find out that the coroner character, Logan, he was in Fallujah and he was tortured. So they show his back at one point and it's all scarred up. And you're like, oh, yeah, that happened while he was being tortured. But no, not the case. But we'll get there. There's a sick burn on Cleveland here where whenever Eleanor is becoming a bigger suspect to Keith Hunt, you know, he was like, I mean, three months ago, she was offered a job running the show at the Cleveland City Morgue. Why didn't she take that? Do you want to move to Cleveland? Pretty rough. Don't go to East Cleveland or you'll die. They also find in the fingernails of one of these bodies the blood of John Kramer. Oh, my God. The lady who announces this, she says the blood underneath the fingernails. The blood under the fingernails of our first victim is John Kramer's blood. 
the Jigsaw Killer. <laughs> what is this? That must have been somebody's fucking like sister or something. I don't know how she got in this fucking movie. It was like Resident Evil 1 reading. It was so weird. Yes, that it... <laughs> That was too close. You were almost a jiggle sandwich. <laughs> You're right. Barry, thanks for saving my life. But Barry, didn't you say you're going back to the dining room to do some research? Why on earth are you here? Uh, I just had something I wanted to check. Now, let's get back to searching for the lost captain and Chris, shall we? Thank you, Barry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith Hunt also gets pictures of Logan and Eleanor in her little torture dungeon. And then we get to see Mitch's trap, which is a motorcycle blender situation. Of course, as you do. And that, that's the one that's in Eleanor's museum. No one could even know about. And uh, she got the blueprints and she built it herself. She had said it had never been used. Because she's a huge Jigsaw fan, so much so that she's on boards. She's getting like plans off of guys from the internet to build Jigsaw stuff. She's in it. Probably Logan sent those designs too. Wow. Hey, wow, that's wow, pretty wow, good. Wow. That'd be smart. You should make this movie, but nothing smart happens in this movie. Mitch is in the blender trap. There's a motorcycle that he sold to Jigsaw's nephew that did, in fact, cause him to die because the brakes were bad and he didn't care. He still sold the thing. So the thing is, the brake lever is at the bottom of the trap, and he has to hit the brakes to stop the motorcycle from blending him pretty good. So he gets back up on this one, and Anna comes to his rescue and gives him all the time he needs to reach down and grab the brake to win the game to deactivate the machine, but he is so relieved that they've cheated and won, and he doesn't get himself out, so he basically chooses to die because it comes unstuck and he does get chopped to ribbons and um, playfully, I would say, uh, expunged from the machine. The way he comes out of there is... Like the machine poops him out? Yep, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's wonderful. Imagine, if you will, a movie where they make this extremely insane device and it doesn't get used to its full potential. <laughs> Sometimes I think the reason why people don't get out of these traps isn't because they couldn't. It's because they spent a lot of money putting that stuff together, the studio. And it's like, I'm not going to just make it to make it. Yeah, it's not going to spin around. The only traps that anyone gets out of are the ones where you can like sort of see what it was going to do. Or if it did it to somebody else already. Right. So you've already gotten the payoff. So Mitch is dead. Ryan's missing a leg. And we are on to the last room. But before we do, we've got to take care of a little police business. They get a warrant and they raid Eleanor's place and they find the spiral cut body of Mitch in her apartment, which seems a little suspicious. And at this point, Keith Hunt, he's got his sights set on Halloran as well. And it's apparently an internal affairs cop investigating Halloran. And because they found Tobin Bell's blood, there's some political motivation to get John Kramer dug up to prove that he is in fact dead and in his grave. And what we find out right before that is the cops lost the guy who got his hand shot off, who was in a coma. He just goes plum missing and you get that honest to god you got one job line from halloran which is hilarious (laughs) 
Your job was to watch this guy in a coma and you somehow lost him. So they dig up Kramer's grave and I don't know how they didn't notice that the grave had to have been like super fresh before they started digging in it. Yeah. Like, huh, this is so soil's pretty loose. <laughs> but they open his grave and yeah, that guy is in it. What if it's just like a trick coffin? <laughs> right. It has three openings. Think of it. They open the wrong one. Think of it as a reverse coffin. He slid him in while they were digging him out. He dug in through the bottom. He's got a tunnel in the bottom of the grave, and he pulled the body out of the bottom and shoved him in like a hot dog. To fight the loose dirt, it was kind of dark out, and they used an excavator. It wasn't like they had their shovels in hand. I mean, I feel like it's visible. Bro, there's no way There's no way you would not know that you dug down six feet. I'm just saying, it's a high-stress situation. They might not be paying attention. They always make that shit look real easy in the movie, like someone's going to like exhume a body in the middle of the night. That would take forever. And a lot of them fuckers are encasing concrete. Shit. Are you ready for another great October parallel? Eleanor has pinned down the pig herpy farm site as being a site that was owned by Jigsaw's wife who passed away and still is owned by his wife's family. And they want to go there and they want to save some people who are in this game. Uh, Logan is, he's like, well, I don't think we should do that. We should probably call the cops to do this. And Eleanor is like, no. And Logan says to Eleanor, like, how are we going to stop anything? And she's like, huh, with our cunning intellects and this gun. <laughs> she pulls out a gun. <laughs> she may not literally say and this gun, but like she has a big old gun. A six shooter. Yeah, throwing it way back to the, the first Nerdoplexy episode. She's got fucking the Joker's gun. That barrel is so long. She could shoot out a Batwing for sure. She just wonders if he feels lucky, punk. He does. He's feeling pretty good about this. And I mean, there's a pretty decent chance if she found out that he was a next Jigsaw, also would I got lucky. Uh, now we get everybody else's crimes. Ryan and Anna are in kind of an OG Saw situation. They're chained by their ankles in a pig operating room on this pig farm. I don't know. And Jigsaw is there. Now he's like explaining their sins to them. Anna did in fact shake her baby and then she blamed it on her husband. Uh, Says so she smothered him or I don't know if she shook him or smothered the baby or what. But she actually was the cause of her baby's death, not her husband, but she framed her husband for it. Ryan was the cause of a accident that he escaped from and then blamed all the other people in the car for. And that one made me feel really bad for Ryan because I sort of, but okay, you, but you don't know because John Kramer says like, and it got worse after that, but they don't ever say what, how it got worse. But that particular instance, like a drunken joyride or whatever, and him acting like an idiot. I mean, it is the driver's fault. He didn't get in the way of the driver. He would have got himself killed maybe, but that's not his fault that the driver opted to drive into a wall instead of. Yes, yes, yes. I would, I would agree. I want another car. I understand being distracted by the fact that your your bro fell out of the back of the car. But yeah, you could you, he could have put the brakes at any time trying to stop his friend from right, acting in the first full. place. Right. He's back there and you're like, just, get down, I mean, dude. Put, and he says, no, like, OK, then I'm stopping the car until you do. Then you put the brakes on. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's yeah. like super not on him, even though he was an idiot. But it, yes. But the point of the Saw movies isn't to get people who are just kind of dumb. They made it look like it was the other person's fault or something. He said it was the driver. I don't know. He blamed the other guys that instead that they were drunk and not him. And, you know, he was thrown from the car. Although he also did lead a life of douchebaggery from that moment forward as well. Oh, a complete and total jag. But that's like, 
that's not usually why people end up in these. That being said, he does a couple of really bullshit things in the game itself, but I don't think he ever makes an extremely bad choice in the thing because at some point someone was going to at least walk up, even if they weren't trying to break out of that door that said no exit, someone would have had to stand there eventually. If they never did anything else, if nothing ever happened, someone would have just wandered over there looking for clues and fallen through and got their legs stuck. Just pacing the room or whatever. Right, yeah, exactly. So they're there. Jigsaw is loading a shotgun, and he shows them the shotgun shell and said, this is your key to freedom. One shotgun, one shell. He loads it and sets it down. They are chained in it. They have the ability to get to the shotgun. But one of those guys was missing a leg. That's true. And without anything further, John Kramer leaves the building. And they love that shot of Tobin Bell sliding closed a big door. Oh, yeah, a big metal door. Dramatically. He's like, and I'm, I'm out of here. That is a great shot. They do it three times, and it's, it's cool every time. Anna, because she does ha- still have both of her feet, is able to make it to the gun first, and she decides that Jigsaw wants them to kill one of the other ones. Now, at this point, I was thinking related things and that he wanted you to use the shotgun to blow your own foot off. That's where my head was at. What I had thought, because he he doesn't waste a single word, John Kramer, he said something like, We all have a thumb on the scale, and for good or for evil. And I'm thinking he set that shotgun down on that thing. I thought her even just picking it up was going to do something that would that would jack her up because it's, you know, it was on a scale, literally. Yeah, it looked like a pressure plate. But it turned out that what he was saying was... You have to realize that you've been doing it backwards. What he really meant was the shotgun itself was built backwards. Shoots backwards? It shoots backwards. Anna shoots herself in the face, blows her friggin' head off, and the shell lands in such a place where Ryan can get to it, and he sees that there's a key in there, and I'm thinking, that key isn't all that bent up. Like, he could probably just figure that out, but it wasn't the color that matches his. It was the one that matched hers, as luck would have it, and the other one was completely obliterated. But this is where it pays probably to watch Lockpicking Lawyer on YouTube, because I feel like, and Ryan doesn't have an infinite timeline, but he may have had like a couple hours before he died. The bleeding was fairly well-stemmed, and he probably would have had time to try to just go ahead and, and jimmy that master lock or do something, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he was probably like a couple of minutes from going into shock big time. So so there is that to consider. But yeah, Anna got some keys to her eyeballs uh, and they both got trapped and their bodies, they didn't make it out because we do see their desiccated corpses later on. So it turns out we're in a situation. There was a scuffle. Halloran, Logan, and Eleanor were all having a confrontation in the farmhouse. They all get separated and Halloran and Logan wake up in a Saw game, the final game. It's a laser neck game and it starts now. They have to confess or die and Halloran pushes Logan's button to start his game and he's going to get his head sliced apart by lasers and he confesses that he was the tech that fucked up Jigsaw's x-ray and caused him to lose many years of his life. But it does not work. His confession is meaningless, and he gets lasered in the throat and dies, apparently. But no, it's all fake out. Logan's been the man the whole time. He's been adopted. He got sawed in the back, 
And I guess Jigsaw was so excited by that. He said, oh, I, I, I'm really fucking into sauce. And you got sawed and lived. So I guess we're cool. And he rescues him. And through the power of torture and murder, all of Logan's woes are healed. And he's, he's learned a better way, a better way to torture and murder. Halloran confesses. It's no big deal. He's, he doesn't care. And he does get he does get lasered because it turns out the coma guy was responsible for Logan dying. Responsible for Logan's wife dying, that is. Yes, correct. And Halloran is such a bad cop that a bunch of people have died because Halloran's such a bullshit cop. And I have a note here that says during their murder montage where Jigsaw is teaching Logan a better way, I thought it's pretty good that... Um, Jigsaw put the pieces of my life back together again. That's very cute. Oh, yeah. What a great line. Actually, turned really turned out to be a love story of sorts. It was a rom-com the whole time. It's a bromance. It is. And I did like that. But the only thing that was odd to me is this character being all new. And over the course of several movies, he has had a lot of helpers. And this guy wasn't one of them. But that could have been because he was in the military or something along those lines in, in the in the intervening years or something. I don't know. It shows him helping with some of the very first traps from the very first saw. Right, the reverse bear trap. Definitely gets his day in the sun on this movie. They show it like five times. And... This movie's really a love story to the reverse bear trap. Which is <laughs> by far my... I, and I've never gone more than 30 days without saying, think of it as a reverse bear trap. So... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it was really, uh, really nice for me. But O'Halloran does get his noodle lasered into several hot dog slices a hot dog to post <laughs> very apt picture you shared with us <laughs> it looked cool as fuck is what it looked like it was awesome that was fucking rad sick dude couldn't look like that if that happened couldn't be but i love that it did <laughs> but as someone who uh does a lot of podcast editing the idea that he was able to string together everything that tobin bell has ever said into Maybe I'm overthinking it because we see the games that John Kramer actually did run. That's what we're watching for the movie. All those recordings are Tobin Bell's John Kramer recordings. But the only ones where that he had to create were the one that that guy with the game starting mechanism, the coma guy had. That's the only one we heard that he spliced together. Okay, because it's it's hard to make that stuff go together and actually sound good. Right. <laughs> if they're said at different times, but so it sounds like that. Hello, Smithers. You're quite good at turning me on. Um, you probably should ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, John Kramer talking the way he does, it might actually be pretty easy to slot all that stuff together. Yeah. Logan is basically doing a cover set here. He's doing all the hits. Then he's recreated all of the traps of the original game that we see. A lot of the victims are the same, but slightly different. Like the man whose face got chopped all the way off as opposed to him just getting saws in the back because he was in a game himself and uh, was spared. I don't know if we mentioned that. So that's pretty much it. That kind of wraps it up. You see Logan get to slide a door closed. For a final time, he slides that sliding metal door closed. A big ka-chunk roll credits. Now, this isn't something that normally I have a problem with or I even notice, but the credits on this one were really whack. They were really bad. Like the font, it looked like it was a TV movie or something. I don't know why. It's never been something I ever considered or looked at before, but it looked busted. I have to admit, I turned it off as soon as the credits started. Or usually what my normal Marvel has, Marvel has broken my brain, 
but my normal activity is like as soon as I see credits, I skip ahead like 30 seconds. Nothing there. I skip ahead another minute. Nothing there. Mm -hmm. I skip to the very end and see if there's another scene. And there isn't in this one. (laughs) Tobin Bell does not return in Avengers. No. Let's not drag our feet. Because I want to talk about my roundup of this movie. But before we can do that, we have to talk about who is our favorite and least favorite. Who is the best and who is the worst. It's time for Who's Your Hero? Who's Your Villain? My hero's Tobin Bell. That's pretty good. Yeah, the dude just rips. He just kicks ass, dude. There's literally no scene that he's in that I don't want to be 10 minutes longer. I just want him to talk softly to people that deserve comeuppance. (laughs) It's amazing. That Gravitas. Does he do audiobooks? Because I would love to get my hands on one of those. What else is Tobin Bell in? I know I've seen him in other movies, and every time I see him, I'm like, you're wrong for this. You belong. (laughs) Does he just play Tobin Bell? Let's see. He's known for Saw. He was in Mississippi Burning. He was in The Firm. He's in a lot of pretty sick movies. Uh, oh, he's on the Creepshout series. He's on MacGyver. Yeah. This dude, he's always pretty much had that mortal fear, serial killer, under suspicion, and I'm sure he's never the good guy. Oh, he was on X-Files. He's a parole officer in Goodfellas. Ashman, Daryl Weaver. He's in The Hundred Lives of Black Jack Savage, TV movie. Oh, fuck. He was in Alien Nation. Hell yeah. What a cool, weird show. Okay. Oh, he's in Tootsie. He's uncredited. Kind of a bad guy character, certainly. Here he is in Seinfeld. Oh, he's the one who buys the uh, old clothes off of Kramer. Off of Cosmo Kramer, not John Kramer. Right. Oh, see, there's your connection. Ooh, Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, Dave, this is for you. Here's something fun for you. Matt Passamore. Logan is in Son of the Mask. Oh, yay. <laughs> I think my hero is going to be Detective Keith Hunt. K. Hunt. He's got good instincts. He's just kind of being led around by the nose. I hope he I hope he makes it out of this one alive. I think he's survived so far, and I hope that continues. My hero is Eleanor. She was just a hobbyist who got sucked up by a psycho, and she didn't know. She was just out there trying to help. In a real world, that's like somebody having like a John Wayne Gacy memorial room. It's not really the coolest thing. People do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they should. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're my heroes. I guess that's true. Also, Saw has a comic book. Ooh. A prequel to the original film. Released to promote Saw 2. Maybe we'll catch that on a mini. Yeah, maybe. And my villain then is monologuing because without it, the whole end doesn't make any sense. Like Sam says, there's nothing to point toward this guy might have been assisting John Kramer the whole time. It was just exposition for the last like five or six minutes of the movie before the hot dog head. It drove me crazy. I think my villain is also going to be word-related, and it's the amount of times someone said sweetheart in this movie. They said sweetheart a lot, and I didn't like it. It It's gross. I hated it. My villain would have to be... Gee, I don't like that Logan took up the saw mantle and didn't provide an out for Halloran. It seemed like it wasn't a game. I understand why, and I think that even probably John Kramer does it in a few movies where there's like not really a way out. But the high road would be to like use those admissions to like bust him, you know, put him in jail forever, you know. Yeah, but now he knows that Logan is the killer. But he wouldn't have had to do that. <laughs> but yeah, he didn't have to. That was unimportant that he was still alive at that point. Like you just have that on recording, and then maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like even if seemingly impossible there's always like a way to figure it out how to get out you have to complete some sort of act of contrition and then you can be freed 
it's worse and better for different people, but you gotta do it. There was no really way out in that situation because there's no situation where he was going to live because then he would know that Logan was fucking in on it. There's no way that they would both would have escaped. Well, I guess what Sam is saying, he didn't even have to be there for it. Yeah, that was just (laughs) his own thing that he had done. Just being tricksy. Yeah, he put himself in his own trap. Yeah, it's the same thing. If they're remaking the original, and that's what he's doing as well, John did that very same thing, John Kramer, in the first movie because he's in the room the entire time. My other villain is the fact that I'm just now finding out that Spiral, the 2021 Saw movie, does not have Tobin Bell in it at all. Interesting. So how does that work? I don't know. I uh, Now I have to watch it. I'm like halfway interested in it because I know it's like a Chris Rock passion project, but I don't really know much about it other than that. Okay, so let's get to some critical reception, see how they thought about it before hearing how we think about it. The budget on this one was $10 million. In the U.S., the opening weekend was $16 million. Domestic total on that, U.S. and Canada is $38 million. And the worldwide gross was $103 million. Horror movies, they overperform because they're relatively cheap to make. And this one, uh, 10 mil isn't nothing, though. Uh, it's not nothing, if IMDb is to be believed. So I could see them injecting some money into this because it looked a lot better than, you know, sometimes a movie of this caliber would. I don't know if they're trying to relaunch the franchise or what. So get at us in the uh, comments if you know some deets about that. Now, critically, this one, not so good. Or Rotten Tomatoes has this one at uh, a 32% on the tomato meter. And it not shocking to us, but I was surprised by the difference here. The audience score, 89%. Fans were big on this one. So that being said, what did you guys think? Would you recommend this one? Is it spooky? Is it spoopy? Tell tell, tell me your thoughts. At no point was I scared during this one. It was just gross. It was just like an off-putting thing. I didn't enjoy one cell of this movie. Uh, so I, I would say I wasn't spooked at all. So I think it's a spoop. I like Saw. I'll probably end up watching the 6th, 7th, and ninth entry at some point. I don't know. I, I don't think it ever got too bad to exist. It was not nearly as bad as Hell World. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hellraiser. So like you like Saw, maybe that's... Yeah, it still sort of fits somewhat in that cookie cutter of the Saw movies. I enjoyed this. I don't really like these kinds of movies, and I, I have enjoyed the, the Saws that I've seen well enough. I probably wouldn't have never have watched this if we didn't do it for the show. But at the same time, I, I was pretty happy with it. I thought it was a well-constructed movie. I thought the time jump thing was like fine. I wanted to say more about that. The time jump you find out because, like you said, that the the corpses of those people in the room and they say, you know, that was 10 years ago. So we didn't get to talk more about how we were still led to believe that these games were going on in present time. And it's because Logan is holding another game at the same time, but it already taken place, I guess, the one that he did and all of the bodies were spread about the city. I don't know. It's Yeah, the movie that we watched was Jigsaw's right. version. What's happening in the police version is Logan's version. I would love to just get that half-hour follow-up movie where you're watching what type of feats of engineering Logan did 
for his. I mean, it should should have been the same thing, but like, how did that one play out in the same rooms? You know, or did he just reload all the spring traps and just kept it exactly the same place? That's what I think. Everything was like exactly the same. I don't think he's very tech savvy compared to John Kramer. But you can't just get lucky and have the woman who looks like the woman in John Kramer's game also get acid to the face in the same spot. Unless he didn't have a way out for these people. It's so convenient. So like the way I see it, if they had said, I didn't do games, I took these three people and I killed them and I made them look like they were in those games at that place. That would make way more sense to me. Like I took this girl who looks like that girl also did a bad thing. She died, and after she died, I put acid on her face so it would match just to trick who because they never found those games. So they don't know how those people died because they never found those bodies. So it's just for us. That's the thing that, like, it's just to break the fourth wall that we see that person with the burnt face because there's no reason for him to have done them the same way. Well, yeah. The only reason I would say I don't think he killed them specifically just, like, went out and did murders is because... Their whole thing during their little like love murder montage was that it's all about like justice because he's like a true believer. Logan is. I don't know that he would just set that up with no way out. How could he have been so lucky that it ended up so perfectly? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it sucks. Yeah. That's what sucks. No, no, it, it wouldn't. It, it, it wouldn't. It doesn't. The guy's head that's chopped off. That's like the, the kind of the thing that's like, oh, well, it's not exactly different, but it's close enough. It's pretty stupid. It's pretty bad. If you like Saw, maybe this is a new segment for this. If you like Saw and you're on the fence about watching Saw 8, Jigsaw, you should see the Cube movies. If you haven't seen the Cube movies... Oh, those are great. Them scratch the itch, and they're more of a novel approach to a similar thing. They're Canadian horror flicks. Pretty good, yeah. Futuristic... Yeah, they're all in this weird cube room. So I would I would argue they're they they all have some futuristic element. The acting leaves a little bit to be desired, but it is a serviceable horror flick in the same kind of vein of people that more or less are being tested. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and say I think this this one's a spooky. I like this. I was a big fan. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did, and uh, I had a pretty good time. Well put together movie. Flaws aside, but yeah, NCIS Jigsaw. I'm into it. Like it. Love it. Okay. Well, I think that'll pretty much do it for this one on Jigsaw. We'll be passing over to our next series, which will be... We've done... There's a little puppet man in Jigsaw, so it's only appropriate that we head on over to the next franchise with the most famous creepy little puppet man is Chucky. Now, this one is also a bit of a reboot, uh, similar to kind of, I guess, what they were going with Jigsaw, uh, and it can be found on Netflix. It's uh, what's, it's called Child's Play. I think, yeah, Child's Play 2019 or something like that. It's Child's Play, yeah. Yes, the Child's Play 2019 on your Nerdflux will get you there, so join us for that next. Uh, guys, I'm excited for that one. Yes, indeed. And if you're excited about what we're doing with October and you'd like to subscribe at the monthly level, head on over to fleshhorse.com or nerdoplexy.com and you can uh, get an episode made in your honor. If you'd like uh, some more information or to talk to us, or hey, maybe you want to get on the show or organize a screening, 
shoot us an email over at nerdoplexy at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at nerdoplexypod where you'll be interacting with our own social media manager, Dave. Yeah, hit me up with your thoughts to ponder at the face of Dave or at nerdoplexypod. Yeah, we'd be happy to farm some of those out. Yeah, you can give us your sp- spooky thoughts to ponder, I guess, if you get it to us quick. But yeah, send them over. We'll definitely give you a credit. We'll give you a shout out on those. Um, you can hit Sam up at PGH underscore SVH. I'm at PGH underscore Reed. I'm also that on Instagram and Facebook. So check me out. Um, speaking of thoughts to ponder... We'll get get them ready for child's play and locked and loaded. We'll see what's what. Uh, But until we meet again, we'd like to leave you with our thoughts to ponder. Do you think that since Tobin Bell isn't in Spiral, a jigsaw story, that perhaps the villain is played by Will Smith in his very good slap? (laughs) What do Will Smith's five fingers say to Chris Rock's face? Spiral, (laughs) a jigsaw story. Keep my wife's game out of your mouth. That's a perfect snip right there, baby. There's no going wrong with that.